First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate Cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of space. Slopes a tackle, and there he goes. It's a foot race, and Crowder is in there! A 69-yard touchdown. Donald escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires, end zone, it's caught! Incredible play by Donald. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. That's the Q-inator. Oh my gosh! Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's Wednesday, which means it's time for Midweek with Manish. Manish Mehta covering the Jets for the New York Daily News. What's going on, Manish? How you doing, Scott? You ready for... Win number one this week against the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> uh, you just love to troll Jets fans, Manish, don't you? <laughs> I know we're not going to talk uh, too much about the last week against the Chargers, but I actually thought that the Jets had an opportunity to to win that game. Now I didn't predict them to win the game. You know, I kind of uh, threw out uh, a scenario where I thought the Jets could either win in overtime or lose by three touchdowns. And neither one of those scenarios actually happened. They just, you know, they lost by uh, single digits. But uh, I do think, and we, you know, I know we'll talk about this in a little bit. But I do think that the uh, the Jets have an opportunity to win, to, to beat the Dolphins. And I'm not just saying that to to get under the skin of people who want to go on 16. I think that uh, you know the way the way the Jets are playing, the way that Miami played last week, I think there is a you know a, a chance to finally <laughs> break into the win column. Believe it or not. Well, let's talk about that because the biggest factor in the game is probably going to be who's behind center. Right now, the whispers are that Sam Darnold is probably going to play on Sunday, 
both Darnold and Gase spoke to the media earlier this week. What did they have to say? Was there an update on his condition and whether or not they expect him to go? Because all indicators as of Sunday were that Darnold was likely to be in this game against the Dolphins. Yeah, I think at this point, Scott, uh, it's about how comfortable does Sam Darnold feel uh, if he does, in fact, get hit on his shoulder. And unfortunately, he's not going to know that during the week because he won't be touched uh, at practice, of course. But if he feels like he feels now throwing the ball, which is pretty good, and no, no real pain at all, then I think he will play. Now, Wednesday is clearly going to be the most important day for him because if he can go through a practice without uh, you know, feeling, feeling any kind of issue when throwing the ball, that will bode well for Thursday and Friday because I don't think that he's at a point now where he's going to feel uh, any kind of extreme pain throwing the ball. It's really a matter of him feeling good enough throwing and having enough confidence that if he does indeed get hit on the shoulder, whether it's getting sacked or if he's scrambling and uh, you know lands on the turf in an awkward way, will his shoulder be able to withstand that? And that's the approach that Adam Gase is taking now too. Uh, it's unfortunate because – as I've said now for the better part of two months, that should have been the mindset for the organization and the player, frankly, when he got hurt in week four against Denver. Shut it down, shut it down for a month, maybe even more, until he's fully healthy. But, you know, at that point, the Jets were 0-4. I know the fan base thought the season was over, but clearly, you know, the coaching staff, the organization uh, is not going to give up on a season one quarter into it. So at that point, they wanted to get Darnold back as soon as they, they could. And that's why I think that they rushed him back two weeks uh, after getting injured. Uh, he obviously felt confident enough to play himself. But that was a mistake because even though he survived the following game, that first game back from the injury, he got hurt in his second game back uh, you know, on that scramble in Kansas City. And that sent him back a couple weeks as well. And, you know, What I thought was interesting earlier in the week when Darnold spoke was that like he doesn't think this is going to have any kind of long-term damage if he gets hurt again. And I think, by and large, that's accurate. Uh, you know, you never say nothing is impossible. You can always injure yourself to the point where you're out for a very long time. But I think the odds are high that if he does, in fact, aggravate that injury uh, another time, uh, he's only going to miss a couple weeks. And, and he said, look, if I get hurt again, it's going to be another two or three weeks. But that's the problem. I think that's that's the cycle that the Jets – uh, should have avoided, and that's a cycle, unfortunately, that they fell into. Where he, you know, he misses a couple games, he comes back, gets hurt, misses a couple more games, uh, as opposed to just shutting it down right from the jump and uh, giving him that extended amount of time to rest. Because that's what the AC joint sprain is. Uh, you know, you need to be fully pain free, and the only way you can be fully pain free, unfortunately, is to rest an extended amount of time, and players clearly don't want to do that. Adam Gase clearly did not want to do that because you know, he felt at the time that Darnold gave him the best opportunity to win, and he's in the business of winning games. So you know, I thought at the time, so this is in hindsight, but I thought at the time that would have been the proper course of action. Uh, time has obviously proven that that would have been the proper course of action. But you know, at this point, look, Darnold has to feel that if he gets hit on the shoulder, he's going to be fine. Again, he's not going to actually know that until he gets hit in a game. Uh, you know, and barring any kind of issues throwing in practice this week, he'll be in line to play against the Dolphins. And we'll find out if that's the right decision. Uh, you know, I don't know if anyone definitively knows that. What I do know that is that it's been unfortunate 
because his season has been derailed to this point because of that shoulder injury. Did Gase or Darnold say anything else of note during the presser? Yeah, you know, I thought what was interesting when Gase was asked, uh, have you thought about shutting Darnold down now for an extended amount of time? Uh, when asked that question specifically, Gase said that he wanted to see Darnold out there with the three top receivers, Mims, Perryman, and Crowder. Uh, you know, to me, reading between the lines, you know, I can see the case that Adam Gase is trying to build for himself to keep his job. And look, I, you know, it's it's likely a fait accompli that that he's not going to be back. Uh, but I think if you're Adam Gase, and you have to look at this particular part of the conversation through Adam Gase's lens, if you are him. You want Darnold to be in there with your three best wide receivers and the offense to click. And maybe that results in you know a bunch of wins in these final six games. Maybe it doesn't. But if the offense looks markedly better with Darnold and those three receivers the rest of the way, I think that is the case that Gase is hoping to make to ownership and to Joe Douglas, even though he doesn't technically report to Joe. Uh, I think you know, he can go – to the owner after the season and say, hey, look, we didn't have our receivers uh, together with Darnold until week 12. And look at what we did when all four of those guys were on the field together. We did some really good things on offense, and I think we can build on that in 2021. I think that's the path that Gase is looking uh, for, and that's why he wants Darnold back, because he wants Darnold to be successful. He obviously wants to win games. Nobody wants to go on 16. But he wants Darnold and those three receivers to play at a very high level so he can have uh, a concrete reason in his mind to go to the owners and say, hey, look, when we finally got our pieces together, things worked. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. 
Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. What's going on with the other injuries? Because you talked about shutting somebody down or not shutting somebody down, continuously throwing them out there and then seeing them get hurt. We've seen that with Makai Becton. Where do we stand with him? George Fant came out of the game on Sunday. What's going on there? And in addition, are there any other injuries that we need to know about? Well, first and foremost, Becton missed a few plays the other day because he was getting his knee checked out. Uh, there doesn't seem to be any kind of issue there. He obviously returned. So I, I don't think you know, that's going to be a concern. Uh, what I will say about Becton is that you know, he would like to see a few games where he plays start to finish. And look, we've talked about the shoulder issue and the mismanagement by the team. but uh, And I don't want to you know raise a big red, red flag here, but I, I would like to see a few games in a row, hopefully – uh, for the team's sake and for the players' sake, the final six games where he starts and finishes and he doesn't get nicked up, he doesn't need to get checked out for anything. But, you know, this current issue, uh, the knee, is not something of any kind of consequence. So he should be fine. Uh, the bigger issue on the offensive line is George Fant. He has a, a knee and an ankle sprain. I would not anticipate that he would play against Miami. It might be a multi-week injury, frankly, when you're dealing with a knee and an ankle sprain. Uh that that could be problematic. So in all likelihood, you're not going to have him uh, for one game at least, probably multiple games. His backup, now Chuma Ndoga, has a, a low ankle sprain. The hope is that he'll be able to practice in some capacity this week so that he'll be able to play. Now, if he can't play, I think you're going to see Connor McDermott. Uh, I don't know who else they could really roll out there. Josh Andrews, uh, I mean, can he play right tackle? Uh, I, I, know, I know when you're Talking about the third-string guy, it's probably not going to be somebody who's going to be uh, overly reliable. But uh, you know, losing Fant and potentially Chuma you know, could be a problem uh, for Sam Darnold if he does in fact come back. Uh, in the backfield, the big injury is Lamichael P. Ryan. He has a high ankle sprain. That's obviously a multi-week injury. Who knows if we see him uh, over the next you know two, three, four weeks? He could be out. So it's going to be more, you know, Frank Gore for your viewing pleasure. I know it's how much Jet fans love to see Frank Gore out there, but I would like to see Ty Johnson get much more of an opportunity. And I think I think you will. I mean, Gore seems to be the feature back, believe it or not, still. So I think it'll be a heavy dose of Gore with uh, with Ty Johnson in there. Uh, but that's a, you know, that's unfortunate for the organization and obviously for Pirine because this would have been a good opportunity to get him some good experience and playing time so that. Joe Douglas, frankly, can get a, a better idea of what P. Ryan could be for this team moving forward. Uh, and those are the main injuries of consequence. Uh, Blake Cashman, obviously, he didn't play last week because of his hamstring issues. Uh, who knows if he'll be back. But, uh, but Fant and P. Ryan and Chuma are the ones to, you know, to keep an eye on. I got to be honest, it doesn't really matter to me who's getting the carries at this point. As long as Denzel Mims is getting targeted, for some reason, he didn't get targeted at all in the first half on Sunday. Do we have any idea why? And do we have an update on who's actually calling the plays? Because that whole thing has been very confusing. Yeah, you look, I know that on the telecast, Rich Gannon uh, noted uh, in his estimation that there was a handing off from Dow Loggins to Adam Gates in the second half. That's not accurate. Uh, the way that the play calling has gone uh, over the past what, three or four games since Gates handed over the duties to Dow Loggins has been the same. So the way that the, the game was called on Sunday against the Chargers is no different 
than it was uh, you know, the, the previous game against the Patriots or the game before that. Uh, essentially, what happens is that, look, in the first half of the season, the first five, six games, however many games it was, uh, Gates was calling the plays, 100% autonomy. Uh, he has been involved in various scenarios, uh, whether it's two-minute. Uh, I think he also outlined the third downs as a, you know, a situation where he gets involved in. He's been involved uh, in play calling even after technically handing off those duties to Dell Loggins. It's been a collaborative effort. I would say it's hard to put an exact percentage on it. I would say, by and large, uh, Loggins has uh, made the play calls, but in key moments or in two-minute or third-down scenarios, Gase is involved, and he does make the play calls, and and we saw it uh, against the Patriots on that Monday night, and and I think we talked about it on that long uh, pass by Flacco that was intercepted late in the game. Uh, that was a Flacco decision, yes, but that was a play call that, that Gase uh, you know, called in. And it's happened, uh, you know, many times over the past month. So nothing is actually new. You know, I know that you know, there's a, there's a notion out there that well, Gates has veto power. Well, obviously, he has veto power, but I don't think that's really what's happening here. I think it's more uh, that Gates is working with Loggins, and in specific scenarios, Gates frankly takes over because he's more comfortable. So. It's not an ideal scenario. You would want Gase to be the play caller as he was all of last year and the beginning of this year, or you would want him to, you know, kind of make a clean break and and have Loggins call the plays. And if there's some kind of extenuating circumstance, kind of jump in there if something sounds egregious. But by and large, just be hands off. Uh, you know, the the collaborative approach, you know, in theory, could work. But you know, I, I think we're at the point now, Scott, and you know. You can you can disagree with me if, if you want. I just think that the Gase needs to be the play caller. Have him be the play caller as long as he's the head coach for the Jets. Let's see what happens when when Darnold comes back. You know, the idea of kind of jumping in and out and uh, in different scenarios. I, I think that probably should come to an end. If I were Gase, I would just ride with what I think is right, and then ultimately, you know, if his fate is that he's no longer the head coach after the season, then so be it. I think that's more or less what his philosophy is going to end up being, and that's why I think he keeps playing Frank Gore as much as he does for as much as people don't want to hear this. Frank Gore has been the best running back on this team this year. It's not exactly a high bar, but if Gase is doing everything he can to try and win as many games as he can to either stake his claim to not being the worst coach in Jets history or at least just avoid being 0-16, then that's what he's going to do. And I think that we're going to continue to see that over the next six weeks. On the other hand, Manish, as you reported in the Daily News, there might be other forces at work here. Some people in the building, according to your report, may suspect the Jets' brass of... I don't want to say sabotaging the rest of the season, but not going out of their way to help the coaching staff try to win games. What's going on with Bless Austin and what people might be thinking in the building about what's happening behind the scenes? Yeah, that's a really strange scenario because if you just rewind a week, last Thursday, Adam Gase announced that Bless Austin would not practice because he was experiencing some kind of neck discomfort, he was going to get an MRI. And then on Friday, he said that the MRI came back fine, the positive results, no issues, and he wanted to see you know, how Austin felt in practice. 
And on the final injury report, Austin was officially questionable for the game. So you're thinking, okay, you know, 50-50 shot, he'll play. Maybe he's experiencing some neck issues. Maybe he'll be limited in the game. Who knows? But then on Saturday, the team put him on injured reserve. So 24 hours after he was questionable on the injury report and 24 hours after Gase said that the MRI came back fine, he was shelved for you know at least three games, right? That's what the new IR rules are. It doesn't make any sense. My understanding is that Austin told teammates that his neck issue only required a couple days of rest and treatment. Uh, my understanding is also that the team medical personnel shared that same timeline and that same belief that this was not any kind of serious issue that would sideline him very long, if at all. So maybe he could have played on Sunday against the Chargers. Maybe they would take a cautious approach, a conservative approach, not play him against the Chargers. Uh, regardless, uh, he would have been fine. He should have been fine for the Miami game and the game after that. So it seemed to be an injury that required only you know a day or two of rest, uh, a few days of rest max. So to put him on injured reserve didn't make much sense. And I thought it was interesting after the game when Adam Gase was asked about it, he kind of made it seem as if Bless Austin just did not feel right. And that's why he was put on injured reserve. But the information I have from the people that I spoke to inside the organization is that, uh, you know, people in that building don't believe it's serious. Uh, Bless Austin told his teammates that it wasn't serious. And again, the medical staff does not think it's serious. So it is odd why you would, uh, put your best cornerback and you know, say what you want about his skill set. But I think it's fair to say that he's, he's the best cornerback available. It's kind of what you were saying about Frank Gore being the best running back to this point. Uh, essentially what you did is you, you put bless Austin on ice for at least three games and Lamar Jackson, who, you know, has struggled in his two starts is going to get more playing time. So, you know, I did speak to someone uh, who thought that they were tanking, you know, trying to get that number one pick, uh, and that, look, I, I think the majority of the people that I spoke to in the organization did not share that sentiment per se, but they did believe that the team doesn't really care about winning. And I think that's probably the larger point when discussing the Bless uh, Austin issue is that you cannot have people in the organization, you can't have players and coaches in the building thinking that the people who make decisions are not interested in winning first. That's a problem. Now, I've covered this team for a very long time, and I've never uh, come across uh, a player or a coach during any of those teams that I covered that struggle, that were struggling, that thought that the organization wasn't trying to win in the here and now. And so I thought that was particularly alarming and troubling that we've got to a point, uh, whether it's, you know, it's true or not, is not the actual, you know, that's not the point of this particular story. It's not... You know, it's it's not is Christopher Johnson, is Woody Johnson, is Joe Douglas, you know, are, are these decision makers, uh, you know, not caring about winning? And that's that's not really the issue. I think the issue is that there's people in the organization, players and coaches who believe that the decision makers don't care about winning. And once you get to that point, I think you have a serious problem. I can't say whether or not that's what the Jets are actually doing, but if it is, 
it would be the first smart thing they've done in years. So fingers crossed <laughs> that they actually are doing everything they can not to win games. And I don't mean necessarily tanking, but as you said, not actively caring about doing everything they can to win what is going to amount to a series of meaningless games down the stretch of the season and potentially cost themselves something very valuable. Last order of business, though, Manish, since we are talking about tanking last year, the mantra in Miami was tank for Tua. They ended up not tanking. They won five games when everybody expected them to go winless or maybe win a game or two. And they got Tua anyway because Tua slipped to number five. Tua struggled a little bit this past week. Ryan Fitzpatrick came in. What's going on there? Because we're not entirely sure who's going to start a quarterback for the Jets, but we also don't know who's going to start a quarterback for the Dolphins right now, right? I think it's fascinating because when Miami made that decision to make the change, when Ryan Fitzpatrick was playing really well, remember the last game he played was the shutout win over the Jets. Uh, At that point, I think there's no turning back in terms of your commitment to Tua for the rest of the season as your starter. However, I don't see a downside, frankly, to bringing Fitzpatrick in in relief if need be. And I'm not saying that needs to be a weekly occurrence. Uh, And hopefully for the Dolphins and their fans, that's not a weekly occurrence because that means Tua struggling. But uh, the question for from a Jet perspective this week is that if Tua were struggling in the first half so badly uh, to the point where they turned to Ryan Fitzpatrick, would that hurt the Jets' chances of winning the game? Now, I think if you poll Jet fans, they would want Ryan Fitzpatrick to be the starter because I think they view Fitzpatrick as the bigger challenge, as the you know as the quarterback who can and has beaten them, and Jet fans want to lose right now. So I think that there's probably a segment of the Jet fan base that believes that, you know, Tua isn't that good right now, and who knows, maybe we can beat them, and they don't want to win. So it's a fascinating story for all the wrong reasons, for all the upside-down reasons. Jet fans probably don't want Fitzpatrick to play because they think uh, I'm sorry, Jet fans probably want Fitzpatrick to play because they think that gives Miami the best chance of beating them, and the Jets fans want the Dolphins to beat them because they want to get Trevor Lawrence. It's really like it's a bizarro way of thinking, but that's kind of where we're at right now. And I, I think that Brian Flores will not bench Tua. Uh, I don't think he'll do that. I, I, don't, you know, I don't have any concrete proof of that, but I think that even if Tua is struggling, and let the game's well out of hand, but I, I don't see how that could possibly be the case. But uh, even if Tua is going through some rough patches during the game, I think Flores is going to stick with him. I don't think you're going to see a scenario where Fitzpatrick's going to be called on to come in and save the day because, look, he came in last week down by 10, and they still lost by a touchdown. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think if you were a betting man, and I'm, I'm not, but if you were, I, I think it's fair to expect back to us to start and finish that game and if that is the case Scott I know I know you don't want to hear it and I know a lot of Jets fans don't want to hear it but I do think there is a path for the Jets to win Uh, and if Darnold is fully healthy we have seen Sam Darnold play really well at times now it's you know at this point it seems like it's been few and far between but I do think uh, just given what we saw last week with what Denver did against Miami and Tua I, I would not be shocked, even at 0-10, I would not be shocked if the Jets won this game. 
Well, we will know soon enough, Manish, that's for sure. Manish Mehta covering the Jets for the New York Daily News. Thanks so much for coming on. As always, really appreciate it. If you're not following Manish on Twitter, you can hit him at MMetaNYDN. And you should, of course, read his work in the Daily News. If you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and Turn on the Jets with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.